Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who also agrees that average Mexican food is better than most other food, Brandon Siegel. How you doing? I'm doing quite well. Look, I feel like you give me tacos, I'm going to like them. You know, it's just, I, I think the equation's that simple. If you, if you put tacos in front of me, I'm going to like them. Um, and obviously the reason you're saying this is because uh, last night you got a, what you would consider to be an average taco average spot, tacos. which I would agree, it's, it's average. I, I've had the place. We don't need to put them on blast or anything. But, um, yeah, I mean, look, Mexican foods is really good. It's just, it's great. Um, so we, we obviously enjoy that a lot. Um, of course, third member of our podcast here today with us. Finally, I feel like, uh, of course it's Ben O'Brien. Ben, you, you're such a slacker. It's crazy that you haven't, I feel like you haven't been on in like three months. Um, I don't know what you're doing over there, but, but I'm, I guess I'm happy to have you back here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's nice to be here. I will say, um, Unlike unlike someone else that that tends to do this podcast with us, uh, when when I'm when I'm you know not available to do so, I can't do so. But but typically, um, when Brandon's not available, it's for some dumb reason. Um, or you know the other excuse would be uh, actually there is no no excuse, Brandon. You have a uh, you have a recording studio in your house, so typically you shouldn't you shouldn't you shouldn't ever have to miss a podcast. But for whatever reason, you seem to never be on them. Um, so I, I mm-hmm. you can criticize me all you mm-hmm. want, but. But you, uh, you are probably the worst one here when it comes to load management. You just, you got to rest your voice, I guess, at times, and it's, it's, it is what it is. It reflects poorly on your character, but that's, uh, that's on you. Right, right. Look, it's, it's an interesting analysis that's simply untrue. I don't want the fake news out there that you're sending. But nevertheless, we are all here today, and we are all excited to be talking sports. In all seriousness, how, how do we? Were we all on to, together last week? No. So when we, it's been like two or three weeks since we've all been together, right? Um, I don't remember. Okay, we'll just say it's been like two weeks, so it is exciting Perfect. to and, all be back. And we'll together. all be together next week, right, Brandon? <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be, I'll be on he, next week. He, he actually okay. will be then. I, I, will be I on talked to him week. about that this morning. Yeah, he's, he's gonna. Oh, be on. okay. Yeah, so he won't, he won't two be weeks on the, from now. He, not five seconds fame though. Five seconds he, of fame. I will not be on. Oh, um, interesting. Interesting. Next week, but this week I, I, and next week I will be on Small Baller. But look, we we have some fun stuff to talk about. We are in just the. We we're we're almost in like the the most perfect time of the year. We have all four major uh, sports running, uh, and we're, we're getting close to college basketball here, Trevor. Really close. Mm-hmm. Um, we are we are not far off. What are we? Probably a month, maybe. Well, for college basketball, we're about a month. For NBA, we're like two and a half weeks. Yeah, yeah. College basketball is about a month. But look, speaking of the NBA, we had one really big headline that happened this past week. Um, it seems like. The, uh, the Blazers are making moves. Uh, we talked about the Damian Lillard trade last week. Uh, this past week, uh, they made a trade with the Celtics where they sent the Celtics sent Robert Williams and Malcolm Brogdon um, and a couple picks to the Blazers um, for Drew Holiday. Uh, so, yeah. Trevor, I, I remember you describing this situation as an utter nightmare for you. Uh, why don't you break down this trade and, and your, your uh, unpleasantness uh, with the, the couple trades going on? Uh, recently yeah so I guess I'll start with like the the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics were already um you know I think a lot of people would argue they were already the two best teams in the east um even though neither of them won the east last year that that team that won the east was the Miami Heat just want to remind everyone but I think a lot of people were already high on these two teams and they both got better they both got uh I think the Bucks got significantly better I think the Celtics at least got a little better um for sure so that's it, it's kind of wild that these were already two of the best teams and now they got 
uh, even better. And we're now in a situation where it seems like maybe uh, the East is kind of the Celtics and Bucks, and, you know, there's a big drop-off after that. Um, but with this trade specifically, we already kind of talked about the Damian Lillard trade last week. So if you, you know, want to go listen to that, if you missed our episode from last week, uh, you know, go, go listen. We talked about the Damian Lillard trade uh, in depth. But now we're going to talk about this one because I think this is another really interesting trade and a, a great trade for the Boston Celtics. I mean, the, the Blazers trade, um, they they trade Drew Holiday to the Celtics on Sunday uh, for Robert Williams, Malcolm Brogdon, a first round pick that was that is actually going to be the Warriors 2024 first round pick. So that'll be a pick that ends up being most likely near the end of the round, you know, in the 20s. And then also a 2029 first round pick um, is also going to the Blazers. So really good trade for the Celtics overall because Malcolm Brogdon, although he was a he was a solid regular season contributor, he won sixth man of the year. In the playoffs last year, he wasn't that good. He 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 struggled to make a shot. Um, he didn't play super well. I think his defense, as he's getting older, is even starting to slow down. He used to be one of the better defenders in the league. Uh, hasn't been quite as good in that realm. He's also had some health issues here and there. And then speaking of health issues, Robert Williams has had a pl- a ton of health issues. Um, you know, he hasn't been available a, t- a lot for the Celtics when he is. He plays very well. He's a really good rim protector for the Celtics, and that will be a loss, but I, I think getting Drew Holiday is definitely worth it here for the Celtics because now you look at a roster where you have Derek White, Drew Holiday probably starting in her backcourt most likely with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and uh, Al Horford. Um, and if they choose to, well, I mentioned I forgot to mention Kristaps Porzingis. If they go with a uh, like a if they go with Porzingis and Al Horford in the starting lineup together, which could also be how they do it, uh, then Derek White would be like the sixth man. He'd come off the bench. So there's some good uh, lineup flexibility there with the Celtics. They have six strong, uh, you know, options there. Their top six are really good, even though Al Horford is starting to get up there in age. But I think this is a great trade for the Cel- for the Celtics. Getting Drew Holiday again. When the Bucks got Drew Holiday, they immediately won the championship. The Celtics, a team who have been very close but have not quite got over the hump. Can they do the same thing that the Milwaukee Bucks did where they were close and then they finally got over the hump when they got Drew Holiday? The Celtics have a real shot to do that. So I think that'll be interesting. From the Blazers side of it, just quickly, I think this is a fine trade. Um, it, it's not It's not a fantastic trade because, I don't know, I, I don't know what other deals are out there, but you can argue that maybe you could have gotten more value for Drew Holiday. Um, I, I don't think Malcolm Brogdon's necessarily going to be someone they're going to keep. They're going to probably look to flip him, and then we will see what they decide to do with Robert Williams. Obviously, they just got DeAndre Ayton, so are they really going to look to play Ayton and Robert Williams together? I don't really think that would be a good fit at all. Um, so we'll see if they keep Robert Williams or not, but then getting those two first-round picks is solid. So I think it's a fine trade for the Blazers. I think it's a great trade uh, for the Boston Celtics. Um, but Brandon, did, did you have any thoughts on this trade? What, what did you think when you saw this? So the first thing I I thought about was was I felt bad for you because <laughs> this was a a detriment for the Heat. The Heat seemed to have lost out here um, with Damian Lillard specifically, but just every team around them it seems like it's getting better. The Bucks got better um, in the Eastern Conference, I should say. The Bucks got better and the Celtics got better. Um, and that that kind of left the Heat in the dust. So that was my first thought. Um, my second thought was how this lineup was going to be because like the first lineup you talked about for the Celtics specifically. Um, is very small 
And I, I know we're mm-hmm. kind of in this weird spot in the, the NBA where it seemed like, uh, you know, small ball was it. You know, we had the Warriors small ball, um, which seemed like that that starting five was so dominant where you had Draymond playing like a five almost, um, which was kind of weird. And that seemed really good. And now we're transitioning where we're seeing a lot of bigs have a, a huge amount of success in, in being very prominent leaders in the league, like an Embiid, like a Jokic. So I'm interested to see what they end up doing with this lineup because I, I feel like that later, the latter of the two lineups that you mentioned is going to be one that can compete better against uh, today's NBA and uh, in, in the outlook for it. Uh, maybe you think differently, but that's just kind of like my perception of this. But overall, I mean, Drew Holiday is a wonderful player. He's one of the best two-way guards in the league. Um, so I, I, I think the Celtics improved. Uh, I, I think you kind of, I mean, you said it yourself. They just simply got better. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. I mean, because losing Robert Williams, I think I think the biggest question, because like Porzingis, he, you know, he's a good shooter. He could space the floor. I think one of his biggest question marks has been like, uh, you know, protecting the paint, Um, you know, his defense in the paint. So if you have him in there as the only big with Tatum, Brown, Holiday, and Derek White, that could leave, um, you know, the, the paint um, in a compromising position. That could be dangerous, you know, if you have Giannis, for for instance, on the other end, or you have a Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Joel Embiid. Like, how, how do they defend players like that? Um, and, but then if you insert Al Horford, he is now, I believe 38 years old and he's been a very good defender. I mean, he kind of, in a couple games kind of shut down Joel Embiid when they played the Sixers. So he was still a really good defender last year, but you got to think, I mean, father time's undefeated. I mean, eventually, um, Al Horford is going to start to slow down. So we'll see if it's this year, but I think if Al Horford can still play to that level, um, I think you're probably going to want him in there, which is probably going to mean that Derek White might have to come off the floor. But Derek White had a really impressive year for the Celtics last year. So it's going to be interesting to see how Joe Mazzola and the Celtics coaching staff decides to figure out, like, you know, crunch time, how they figure out, like, what they want to do with different lineup constructions. But they clearly have six really solid players uh, just right there. And, you know, they have some other depth. You know, Sam Hauser's a really good shooter. They have, uh, you know, they sell Peyton Pritchard there. So they have some other good players, but this top six is a really great top six. I think that goes without saying. Yeah, and like I just said, I, I think it's a really good problem to have. Like, I'd rather have more good players and, like, not know who to start than less. Um, so mm-hmm. I think the Celtics will be all right. They're going to figure it out. Uh, ben, anything you want to add on on this trade here? I just want to I just want to make sure that we all understand that you had just the most beautiful analysis there, Brendan. You'd rather have more good players than less good players. Is that is that yeah, correct? I mean, it was a, it was there? a it was a simple analysis, but it was an analysis okay. nonetheless. Okay, good. You That's know. that. I I never thought of that. That's a really good point to make. Um, yeah. here's what I'll say, it, Trevor. I'll, I'll say this. Like say like this. for example, Ben. For example, on our podcast, you know, yeah. I won't even go there. I was gonna say I'd rather not <laughs> no, no, have say you. No, no, say it. Say it. <laughs> no, I want no, you to say it. I, That's a lie. I would rather have you. I love having you on, Ben. That's I want you to say it. No, say what you really think. <laughs> say, say how you feel. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go continue. Trevor, I'll say this. I think heat culture is dead. I just we're being honest. I think oh, heat culture is dead. No. I, I think I think I don't even think you can talk about heat culture anymore because how could you possibly have one of the best players in the NBA basically tell his team, I want to go play for this team? And then ultimately not that not happen. I think heat culture is dead. I think for whatever reason, Trevor, the heat culture that we once knew is no longer no longer a thing. I think I think Pat Riley has lost his fastball. I think he should probably just just throw in the towel, Trevor. I think uh Honestly, I think maybe maybe uh, the Miami Heat need to need to move to a new city because I think just the whole culture around yeah. is dead. 
Um, it's it's just it, a bad look. It seems for like Trevor. GMs I, I don't buy into Heat imagine. culture. I can't. I, I think I think Heat culture is no longer respected around the league. I think the Heat are no longer a team that is feared to play. I think teams are lining up to play the Heat in the playoffs because they know that Jimmy Butler can't deliver when it really matters, and that Heat culture is all a fluke. So, Trevor, I think you got some explaining to do because as a fan of that team, I'm embarrassed for you. I really am. Was, any, was, any response here? Was someone was someone talking, Brandon? <laughs> I, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. Are you not team? Are you team Brandon now? You're not team Ben. I, I didn't hear anything that was just said. That's all I know. All right, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Let's why don't we why don't we move along here um, to to some college football um, because we had some some good games last last uh, last night yesterday, um, specifically Oklahoma and Texas. Um, I don't know how much of this game you guys caught. This was I want to call this game the Brent Venables game. Uh, we stopped the Texas team that has playmakers all over the offense. They have a quarterback, Quinn Ewers, who seems to be um, like he's going to be a quarterback in the NFL someday. Um, and Brent Venables took it to them and and won this game, beat a very, very good Texas team that beat Alabama. Um, so I, I am incredibly impressed with Oklahoma. Benny, I'm going to go to you first uh, on your analysis of the game. What, what were your, some of your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, fantastic game. I think it's everything you want out of out of that rivalry. Um, I'll give Oklahoma a lot of credit. I mean, yeah, Texas is really good, and I think people were super high on Texas, as they should have been. But um, I even made this point to Trevor yesterday when we were talking. Um, Texas always – there's always a possibility that they're going to find a way to lose a game they probably shouldn't lose. And, again, it's not like they were this huge favorite. It's not like this is a massive upset, but this is probably a game Texas was obviously the better team in and a game most people expected them to win. I think they were five-and-a-half-point favorites or something around there. Um, and Oklahoma, I'll give Oklahoma credit. They they did exactly what you have to do when when you are an underdog in a rivalry game like this. You got to just keep it close. You got to keep yourself in it. You can't let yourself to to lose the game in the first quarter. Um, and Oklahoma did a great job every time that that Texas would would you know would would punch back to Oklahoma. Oklahoma would have a response. So um, I'll give, like you said, I'll give Brett Venables a lot of credit and and Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback for Oklahoma, who I feel like has been in college for like eight years because I remember him on UCF seemingly like five years ago. He was fantastic. He he looked really good. And Oklahoma's a good team. I, I don't think I was that high on them just because um, they they were I mean they were ranked in the I think in the high teens or maybe the low twenties a couple weeks ago and now they've rattled off some some decently impressive wins. I mean they beat Cincinnati. I guess that Cincinnati whatever. Um, but this is obviously the the a fantastic win and a win that's gonna that's gonna propel them um, for this season. So. Uh, I was impressed. It was a fantastic game. It had everything you'd want. It had interceptions. It had blocked punts. It had blocked kicks. All this stuff. Um, just an awesome game and awesome atmosphere. I think it's really cool that they play that game in the Cotton Bowl every year. Um, and it's this was uh, this was definitely a game that that you did not want to miss. Yeah, I I think um, so. I have a couple of different thoughts about this game. I think my big picture thought, like beyond the game, is that this is just more evidence to show that this season's been awesome um because i certainly thought texas was going to win they're the number three team in the country i was thinking they might be the best team in the country and they lost oklahoma so and oklahoma's a good team like i get it but uh you know we i think this week we we just continue to get more and more evidence that shows that these teams at the top are not quite as dominant and i know georgia they they did dominate kentucky so i guess that kind of goes against what i'm saying but I don't think these teams are quite as dominant as they've been in years past. So I continue to be uh, thrilled by that. I mean, you have other examples like USC today. They almost lost to Arizona, a team they have no business. I mean, they should have beat Arizona by 40 points, and it was a three-overtime game. Uh, Louisville just beat Notre Dame today. That was an upset, I would say. I mean, they were at home, but Notre Dame's the number 10 team in the country. 
They Alabama. won by 13, too. Yeah, they won yeah. by 13. So, uh, you know, Louisville with a convincing win there. Let's see. Washington State was undefeated. They were upset by UCLA today. Alabama struggled against Texas A&M. They won, but they struggled. So I just think we continue to get um, – I think we've had a really good college football season, and I hope it continues. Again, I like the parody. I think – when we have more parity in college football, that's when it is at its best. That's one of the biggest things we love about college basketball. So I, I think the fact that we're getting more of that in college football is awesome. In terms of the game itself, Quinn Ewers did throw two interceptions, uh, something I didn't really expect from him as I've been very impressed Brian by him Venables. this season. And he didn't have his best game. So, yeah, I mean, part of that's Oklahoma defense, but he, you know, he made a couple of big mistakes. And Oklahoma came through the, the big drive at the end. Very impressive. Dylan Gabriel had a couple of really good throws, made some great plays. Um, and yeah, I, I was impressed by Oklahoma. Um, I feel like there was another thing I was going to say, but I am forgetting it. So I will stop there. It was a it was a great game. Great win by Oklahoma. Yeah, just to wrap it up here, like I said, Brent Venables is the defensive coordinator at Clemson. He is really, in my opinion, the reason why those Clemson teams were so, so dominant, um, you know, three years ago, four years ago. He came over to Oklahoma, he focused a lot on defense, and it was for these types of games. The Big 12, or excuse me, the Oklahoma and Texas, they're going to much better conferences, uh, and they got to they gotta learn defense. Um, in Oklahoma, I wouldn't say any of these big 12 teams are known for their defense. And that's why you hire Brent Venables, who in my opinion is one of the best defensive minds in the country. Um, we, you also kind of, you know, you, you, you skipped on it a little bit, um, and talked briefly, but Louisville, Notre Dame, that was, that was a pretty big upset. Um, I didn't think Louisville quite had this in them. Um, I think Lamar Jackson would have said differently. Um, but, uh, I, I really like Notre Dame. I, I know they had a rough loss for Ohio state, but they, they frankly could, really could have beaten Ohio state. Um, and this was not their game at all. I do understand, like you said, it was away, but 33-20 uh, is a rough one. Benny, any any thoughts on this game? Yeah, Notre Dame's just a confusing team because obviously they had all this hype, and, and Marcus Freeman's a good coach, but I think there's a lot of questions about his in-game ability. He's a good recruiter. Um, and, and Louisville, like, I mean, Louisville's a team, yeah, they were ranked and they're undefeated, but nobody really respected them. I think, obviously, most people assume that Notre Dame would, would come away on top with this one, but credit to Louisville. Um, again, Brandon, making it about yourself, throwing in Lamar Jackson. That's, that's real classy. Appreciate that. It's not about me. I'm making, um, about, the, I'm making it about Lamar Jackson. That's not about me. You're making it about your, about your favorite team when, when there's no, no reason to do I so. I don't know what you're talking about. Therefore, He's making it about yourself. Um, He's but, but, but credit to Lamar Jackson's, uh, alma mater. He, uh, or his, uh, Oh, his, so you're referencing it now team. too. <laughs> his well, it's already brought up. So now we might as well do it. Um, they, they play great. I'll give Louisville a lot of credit. I think people are going to start, uh, start, start. Um, giving them more credit, them. start start respecting them. That's the word I was looking for. Start respecting them more because that's an impressive win. Notre Dame was a really good team. They have they have a fantastic defense. They have a pretty good quarterback in Sam Hartman. Uh, in, in 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 Louisville, uh, smacked them around a little bit. So so credit to Louisville. Are you are you cool with the storming of the field, Ben? Louisville storming the field? You like of course that? not. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. And again, I don't want to no, I don't want to okay. come on here and be someone that. That that because people on Twitter get mad when 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 you know you quote unquote gatekeep this whole thing. I I am not against college kids storming the field. I just want to make that very clear. That's awesome. That's fun. My issue with it is it it's less special as someone watching sports when you see it happen every week. Okay, so I'm not so, taking away from from the college I, kids I that want to do this, it. Though. It's a special moment. I get it. I get it. But I'm saying just as a sport in general, it it takes away from it when you see it happen like three times a week. That's my issue. But if you so if you're then, a college kid and you want to do it, go for it. I, I'm not. Who am I to tell you what to do? You have fun. You do what you want. I'm just saying, as someone watching it, it does. It it just takes away from from the the magnitude of a, of a huge upset when you see this happen when you're a ranked team beating another ranked team at home. 
So Ben, here I again we got to talk about this. Um, I every week here I feel like you're denying the the attempts at, at the run on, and some of them I think are reasonable. Some of them I really disagree with. This is another one I disagree with. I know Louisville was five and zero going to this game, but they're the twenty fifteen. If they were the twenty sixth team in the nation and unranked. But the 26th ranked team. That's, which so that's AP, not even my issue The AP with it. moving forward. The AP moving forward. This is something we need to talk about. They're ranking every single team. The AP. Really? One really? To 133 every single week coming up I next week. That. I'm we're so excited about Falcons that. Falcons being in the triple we'll get digits to that. all year long. Yeah, we're going to be at 133. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not excited for Bowling Green's ranking. Um, but, Lohan, we'll get to that in one second. Ben, this to me is a very reasonable field run on here. Louisville, you don't get that a lot. You beat by two possessions number a top 10 team in the nation as you're like just starting to have one of the best years in in school history let's look at the teams that louisville has played they played georgia tech they played murray state indiana boston college and nc state this was their first real test i think this was a reasonable run on and i think your 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 dictatorship you have over no, there no 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 yes no, 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 it's every no. week you deny that's them not every true we haven't talked we haven't talked about this since like week two we haven't talked about storming the field every at all single in like week in, in our text in our small bars group chat you're always well, saying no show not me, allowed show me no 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 i'm gonna pr- prove when's the last time i said anything about storming the field it's been probably since missouri did it this, like week this two happens of the football every week season. trevor back so every week every, you're not team ben anymore you already said it this when is the last time week, I have made a comment? Ben is always and, like, nope, I don't approve of this storm. I didn't even bring it up. Usually one of you two brings it up. I usually don't bring it up. I'll defend my take, but I don't usually bring it up. You guys usually bring it up. I don't like up. the take. I don't like the take. And Trevor, he I'll say this. Last lot, thing. Right? Hold on. Last thing. I'll say this. It's My issue is not Louisville being, being ranked 25. My issue is they beat a top 10 team. Okay. I think you should only storm the field if you beat like a top five team, in my opinion. That's no. just my opinion. So what if Bowling Green the number beats 10 the number team? six overall team? Well, hold on. You didn't let me finish. If you're uh, unranked, like it's a different story. Finished. I don't know. But, um, yeah, I, I just think, again, I think storming the quarter, storming the field should, needs to be like like Georgia a Tech, top three team, a top three team or something gets taken down at home. Um, I don't know. I just I'm think it needs to, to it needs to happen less. That's I'm trying just my to see opinion. if UCLA stormed yesterday. I can't Did Georgia find, Tech storm? I they beat number 17 Miami. It was on the road. I don't think you can storm when you're not at home. Oh, uh, that's a good point. I'm, I'm looking nice at, try, did UCLA, I don't know, did UCLA storm the field when they beat Washington State yesterday? I'm trying to find it. Probably not. That would have been, I don't think so. Because that's not really justified. I feel like, I mean, they're unranked and the Washington State was 13. Yeah, I, that's a that, good team. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm uh, in, in the middle as far as this goes. I think the Louisville one, I mean, Louisville hasn't been good since... Um, a certain guy was there. Um, who, are you, who are you talking about? I don't know who you're talking about. Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater. I'm talking clearly. about uh, Brian Brom when he was the quarterback mm-hmm. there. And uh, I feel like that's not. Well, you said since, um, and I don't think that was their most recent successful since, quarterback. Since you Brian could say Malik Cunningham. There. He was great. I don't know why you guys could have taken the easy route, go no. Malik Cunningham, and you would have been fine. But no, you Teddy guys mentioned Lamar Jackson Brian because he's Brom. the best. Brian Brom back in the mid 2000s for Louisville. He was but, a great quarterback. I do want to mention this. Let's talk about this real quick. Real quick here. The AP poll, I believe, is starting next week, is doing 1 to 133 every That's single awesome. team. That is which so is, awesome. <laughs> that is one of the best changes they've ever made. I, I think that is such a good change for them to make. Um, oh, because, man, like, what's the difference between the 25th and 26th team? And one has a number. Like, I want to know who the 26th team is or yeah. the 27th team. I want to know who the 50th team is, you know? Yeah. I think mean, this is such an amazing I change. Think, Great I job think this the is going to hurt. It's going to hurt recruiting for teams like Bowling Green, though, when recruits are constantly seeing, like, a 110 next to their name every week. But 
Not that they'll put I it. Think, I guess they probably won't put it on the scoreboard. But still, I think that hurts the bad teams more than it, than it helps. Well, so here was going to be my final question: Is how long until a team puts twenty six next to their name? Like how long until they, someone that's not in the top twenty five puts a number next to their name? What do you mean? I don't know. Because now that they're doing, the only reason people yeah. put the number is because these these two polls say it. The coaches and AP right, poll. Right, right. So the AP poll is doing all all of them. Yeah. So what says Bowling Green doesn't put one ten next to their name, or or Toledo doesn't do sixty? In or terms of what? Just like putting the number next to their name on the, like their own scoreboard, like on well, like their so, own TV oh, thing. At what point? Because yeah. usually, Dude, by do about teams halfway do through that the season, scoreboard at the game they put for like well, their like, the on their own like, televised like networks. Louisville would put twenty five on their own televised networks. Yes. Oh, or like so you're their, saying like the radio on their like social the media, their social media social cards. Media. Yeah, they do that too. Interesting. Yeah. So at yeah. what point, like, is the twenty six team gonna do it? It seems uh, like not t- uh, like unreasonable. It might be a weak sauce move. I agree. It's kind of weak, but like, <laughs> well, so it's, move. It, is this like a, is this even that big of a deal? Because usually isn't it like halfway through the season, they start doing the college football playoff rankings and that's what really matters anyway. So like, is it, is the AP yeah. rankings going to matter here and here in like a couple weeks anyway, when they start fun. doing the college football playoff things? No, it's awesome. I think it's a great idea. It's a great I'm idea. I'm super excited yeah, to see who the last really team matter. is every week. I'm more excited to see who the last team is than look at the top ten. I don't care about it's the top Akron ten. Akron probably. I'd rather see. I'd rather see who's the bottom ten every week. That's way more interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, let's move on here. Um, Trevor, is there anything else you want to talk about in college football before we move on? Um, well, I did want to mention that the other thing I was going to say about Oklahoma and Texas is there's no divisions in the Big Twelve, so there's a very good chance these teams are going to play again in the Big Twelve championship game. Yeah. Which I am very excited to see uh, a rematch of those two teams. Yeah, it'll be really entertaining. It's hard to beat a team twice in football. Oh, Miami. We got to talk about Miami. Oh, yeah, Miami. It, uh, Miami's they, they... big end game mistake against Georgia Tech, uh, a team who the Bowling Green State University Falcons just beat last weekend, 38-27. to Miami has this big blunder. It's third and 10. They run the ball instead of kneeing it. When Georgia Tech has no timeouts, they could have ran out the clock. There was like, what, like 28 seconds left, something like that. They could have ran out the clock. They decided to run the ball. The running back fumbles, Georgia Tech recovers, and then they go on to have these two big pass plays. I mean, complete blown coverage for Miami's defense, and they win the game. A walk-off touchdown, uh, and and they win the game. It's absolutely nuts. I don't think I've ever seen anything like it um, in college football. And, uh, I mean, the U, you know, the turnover chain, I mean, they're they're down bad. They're not... (laughs) They're not doing well losing to Georgia Tech. It's pretty embarrassing to lose that way and a pretty uh, awful uh, coaching performance there um, as Georgia Tech gets the win. Yeah, and I mean, you look at this, like, this just means Bowling Green is better than Miami. I think that's, it's, this is the only takeaway I had from this game. I don't care about anything else involving this game. Bowling Green is, they should be the number 17th uh, overall rated team considering they, they basically beat them. Don't you think, Benny? I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, Bowling Green, the the one hundred tenth best team in the country, clearly better than Miami. I mean, if Miami deserves to be ranked in the one hundreds after that, I mean, I don't know how. I don't know what what's going through your head when you do that. Like that just doesn't make any sense to me. Um. Yeah. So yeah, Bowling Green better than Miami. I think they play, let's play next week. Let's do it. Play next I'm done. Week. Let's schedule it. We, we want Miami. Let's, let's it. do it. The, we, the, we want we'll Miami, Florida. Them, De- we we definitely don't want Miami, Ohio. 
We definitely don't want Miami, Ohio. That, that'd be bad. But no. Miami, Florida, I'm not scared of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, no. And obviously, we're going to have to play them because they'll be the underdog now. Since, yeah. Yeah. So and, yeah. we'll have to pay them a we'll couple hundred thousand and, dollars. And we also sure. have to completely ignore the fact uh, that Miami, Ohio, and Miami Hurricanes did play in the first game of the regular season. We, we, that game did not happen. We're not that even going to that. Yeah, didn't that matter. game didn't matter. Uh, that's first game. It's a, never. It, first game. You, know, you have the jitters. We weren't there. I mean, like, that's. It doesn't matter. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, let's move along here to the NFL um, because we we definitely got some interesting stuff to talk about. First thing that I want to talk about is the Bills-Dolphins. I talked about how this is going to be a measuring stick game for the Dolphins. We're going to see really how good they are. Um, and uh, they they are not as good as the Bills. <laughs> That's what it seems like, at least right now. The Dolphins' reign of terror, scoring 70 the previous week against the Broncos. They are not quite in the upper echelon of the league. Because even the Bills, you know, the, the Bills are a good team. But we have seen over the past couple of years, the Bills are not a great team. They they don't quite have the capability to win a Super Bowl. Um, and, and this year, I think it's going to be no different. I think they're going to be another team that's, you know, between three and seventh best team in the league. But they're not going to be quite, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to beat the Eagles or the Niners or the Chiefs. They're not going to be quite in that upper, upper echelon. So this was an interesting game for me personally because I was like, how good are the Dolphins? You know, let's say the Dolphins just destroy the Bills. Like, it it wasn't even close. Then we know that, hey, the Dolphins really might be able to compete for a Super Bowl. To me, at least at this point, and things change so much over the NFL season, you know, it's a week-to-week league. So, I I mean, from this week to next week, you you really have no clue what's going to happen. But at least at this point, the Dolphins are not quite a Super Bowl contender in my eyes personally. Trevor, what did, what did you think about this game? Yeah, so I watched uh, pretty much the, well the majority of this game until it got out of hand, um, and it was a very fun game for a little while until the Bills started to pull away. There were a couple big mistakes made by the Dolphins. Um, you know, they they fumbled a couple times, um, and the Bills really just take advantage because the Bills. I don't think the Bills punted the ball until like late second quarter. Um, so they were, they were completely in a really good rhythm. They, uh, you know, wanted to make it known that, you know, they were going to win this game in convincing fashion. They, they looked awesome. I mean, that was the single most impressive, uh, game by a football team I've seen so far this season from the Buffalo Bills. I thought they looked awesome. Uh, as far as the Dolphins go, clearly, um, there's something to be worried about with their defense. I still think their offense is one of the best in the league. Top three, I would say it's still an awesome offense, but this defense has issues and, you know, we'll have to monitor this, monitor the Dolphins defense. You know, they gave up uh, these amount of points to the Chargers uh, in one of the first weeks as well. So I'm going to I'm going to keep watching this Dolphins defense and see if uh, they can keep up because clearly their offense looks really good. Tua has been playing well. I am a Tua believer. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've said that the past couple weeks. This game didn't change that at all. Um, but the Dolphins defense has issues. So we're going to see going forward what they can do as far as the Bills. They're one of the best teams in the NFL right now, right? And and again, the last two words are key. Right now, they are they are maybe the best team. It's them or San Francisco. I would say are the best teams. Um, but we know the playoff stuff that's been talked about. It's it's what's happened, and they are one of these teams. It's actually kind of like the Cowboys, where it's like, yeah, they might look really good in Week Four, but what is it going to look like in the uh, AFC divisional round? So. Ultimately, that's going to be the thing that's going to go on with the Bills all year. No matter how they do, they can win the rest of their games. They can go 16-1, and and we're still going to be wondering, how is it going to look in the divisional round? And ultimately, that's what matters. Yeah, I, I should state the one more thing I want to add. This is a, still a really good win. This is a Dolphins team that was very much flying high. It was a really good win. I mean, it, they ended up winning by, what, 28? 
Uh, I mean, a four-possession game, that's that's a, that's a demolishing. So it still is a really good win. It's progression. The Bills, to me, did not do enough from last year to this year to go over the hump and become one of those top two, three teams. And now especially, you know, you look at uh, Tredavious White. He's going to be out for the year. Um, that's an enormous, enormous loss. Um, uh, the, the game right now is going on between them and the Jaguars in London. Um, and Matt Milano, uh, he just got ruled out for the game. Uh, Pro Bowl linebacker. Mm. I just think that's that um, Von Miller is just coming back, though. That's good for them. But I think if you look at the Bills, it's just they there isn't quite enough there um, to to quite get over the hump. However, saying all that, Von Miller wasn't there in the playoffs last year, um, and that could have been a big a big boost. So we'll see. Maybe they can get over the hump this year. I don't personally think we can get there. Ben, any thoughts on on this kind of uh, you know blue chip game we saw last weekend? It was a great game, and and the Bills are like Trevor said, they're one of the best teams in the NFL right now. And the Dolphins are still good. I th- I think obviously after they score seventy points in a game, people are very very quick to crown them, you know, the best offense in the league. And I I think they're they're fantastic and they're great. And Mike McDaniel's is a, is a fantastic offensive minded coach. But I I do think that that this game showed that the Bills are probably still right now at least the the best team in that division and one of the best teams in in the AFC and obviously the NFL as well. So Dolphins are still good. They still have a lot of talent, and the Bills are obviously fantastic. So. Um, an exciting, I think an exciting AFC, AFC East, very exciting, at least for two of the teams. The other two teams are definitely not exciting, Trevor. Um, but, but I think it's going to be why'd exciting. Why did you mention, why'd you mention Trevor? Two. Because I said the other two teams in that division are not exciting and he's a fan of one of those two teams. Oh, interesting. Um, interesting. I just wanted to yeah. clarify. Yeah. I just, okay. Just, just make sure we're on the same page. So yeah, I mean, bills are great and dolphins. I don't think are going anywhere. So I'm excited to see kind of what, what happens down the stretch with this division. Yes. hundred percent. Um, let's keep on moving along here and how I want to go to this next, uh, team I want to talk about. I'm going to read you, uh, two scores of a game. Okay. And this team lost to both this game. They lost 25, nine, then they lost 31, 20. And after these two games, we collectively, the three of us decided, Hey, it's time to write them off. Um, they're, they're going to tribal council and we are cutting them after we cut them 37, 17 win over the Jaguars, then a 30. And that was a way 30 to six win over the Steelers at home. Now, not like the Steelers are a great team, but again, 24 points, that's that's a, at least a three-possession game. Um, that is a demolishing in my book. Um, this team is the Houston Texans. We have a young rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud. He's not even throwing to anyone. There's no one on the team in terms of weapons that's, like, great. They they don't have, like, any great weapons. Damian Pierce isn't bad. Dalton Schultz isn't bad. You know, they have Robert Woods. They have Tank Dell. They don't have great weapons. And C.J. Stroud is off to a historically Great start as a rookie quarterback in the league. Um, you look at their defense. Um, we have uh, Will Anderson, who has been electric. He's been amazing as an outside linebacker. This team is – are the Texans good? Trevor, what, what's going on? I, I have no idea what's going on. Um, they, they've looked very impressive, obviously, the last couple weeks. Um, C.J. Stroud has been awesome, um, to say the least. Um, two touchdowns in the win over the Steelers. Overall this season, I think we br- briefly talked about it last year, but he has six touchdowns, no interceptions, um, you know, over 1,200 yards already. I mean, just just in and of itself, to, to be a rookie quarterback and in your first four starts, you throw six touchdowns and zero interceptions. We can just look at that alone. That's very impressive. I think there's a stat about there about, like, there's only been a couple quarterbacks that have done that. I don't remember the stat. I saw it probably five days ago. But he's been very impressive. That goes without saying. Um, you know, as far as their defense, I mean, they played the Pittsburgh Steelers, like the Pittsburgh Steelers offense just completely sucks. They're terrible. Um, but 
you know, so so there could still be some worries about their defense. I still think their defense isn't great, but their offense clearly is decent. Um, it seems like uh, they put up 37 on, against the Jaguars the week before. So their offense might not be bad. Um, they play the Falcons today. So again, I still think it's going to take a little bit for a lot of people to kind of be like, are the Texans for real? And we'll see. Um, you know, we'll see if they can beat the Falcons today. I'm I'm a little skeptical when we when we did our little picks um, this morning. I did take the Texans to, to cover the spread. So uh, I don't know. I mean, they look better than the Falcons right now. So I guess I think they're going to win. But like also, you never know in the NFL. So we'll see. The Texans have been fun. Um, it, it's a good story. And it just, again, shows how wide open uh, this division is. The AFC South, the Texans, the Colts, the Titans, the Jaguars. The Jaguars were obviously the, the preseason front runner. But um, now I think this division's wide open. Anyone can win it. Yeah. Ben, your thoughts on the Texans. We crossed them off. Now they're good, maybe. They're fantastic, but we shouldn't have let Brandon pressure us into picking the Texans. He was, it was, he this was, was, bad he was on hard me. on the this Texans. Um, and it's just the AFC South is just confusing. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't really know what to think of it. I don't really know what to think of the Texans. Again, it's still early, but but no, I mean I, they're fun to watch. I mean credit to credit to uh, to CJ Stroud. Um, Ohio State produces nothing but fantastic uh, NFL quarterbacks. Brandon, I think we all know this. That's a fact <laughs> at this point. Um, so right. so yeah. um, I mean yeah, good good job, D'Amico Ryan's first year head coach. Um, their defense has been been solid, and, and like Trevor said. CJ Stroud has not thrown an interception yet, which is just insane for a rookie to go for whatever is his first four games without throwing a pick. That's awesome. So they're fun to watch. I, I have no issue rooting for them. I really don't. Yeah, I, I wish the Texans luck. Uh, and this just makes the Ravens look better because the Ravens kind of killed them. Um, so they didn't even look good in that game. The Ravens didn't. But nevertheless, let's move along here. Look forward at the games that are happening today. Obviously, Bills and Jacks is going on. Um, but we have a lot of interesting games happening uh, today and tomorrow. Um, I, I think we have, Trevor, you said it, probably the game of the year, so at least so far. Cowboys-Niners, that's tonight. Um, that one's going to be really, really interesting. Um, and, you know, we I'm trying to look here. Let's see. There's a lot of other good games. We have Ravens-Steelers. That's always a fun one. Um, Titans-Colts. You know, the, the Titans stink, in my opinion, but all the teams are 2-2, two and two and it's a divisional game. These divisional games are going to matter a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one seems like it'd be a good one to me. Any other games that really you, you, you're you really paying attention to, Trevor? Yeah, well, I guess I'll go with the, the one you didn't mention that stands out to me, and that's Eagles-Rams, uh, yeah. 4-5 kickoff. I think this is going to be a really good game um, at SoFi Stadium. I think the Rams are a little underrated. I still think they're a decent team, even though uh, we, we've talked about the cap situation, talked about how they went all in, they won their Super Bowl, and now you know they're kind of depleted. But are they? Are they? Because Matthew Stafford, and you can look at his stats, and his stats may not look so good, but I still think Matt Stafford's a pretty darn good quarterback. You know who they're getting back today, too? Um, Cooper Cup. Getting Cooper, Cooper Cup, Cup. They're getting Cooper Cup. So you pair him up with uh, the seventh-round sensation, uh, Puka Nakua, who has he's had— fifth round. Was he fifth round? He's fifth okay. Round. Well, either, yeah, late-round pick, Puka Nakua. I mean, he's had already— um, this season, I think um, there was a stat about him breaking Cooper Cup's— uh, well, it's not a record, but like through the first four games, he had more receiving yards than Cooper Cup had uh, in in 2022, I believe. So he's been obviously, uh, you know, a revelation. No one expected him to be this great. And the Rams have been playing well. I, You know, they're 
it's not like they're blowing anyone out of the water. They're winning some of these games close. Uh, you know, they, they beat the Colts in a close one. They lost the Bengals. They lost the Niners. But I think their schedule has been really tough so far, a tough schedule. And they're 2-2. Two and two. Today they play the Eagles. It's a good test for them at home. And the Eagles, yes, they're 4-0. But it's not a convincing 4-0. All of these games have been close. So I'm very much looking forward to this game. I think the Rams are going to win. I, I do. I think the Eagles, they're undefeated. I think they're finally going to lose one. Interesting. Um, I Yeah, I don't know how... I'm, I'm not that high in the Rams. I don't think the Rams are really good. They're, they also just are like... They, they're in their, this weird period where they can't really spend money. Um, but they have looked better than I thought they would. I, I would not predict the Eagles to lose any games. I just think the Eagles are so good. It also seems like the Eagles have started slow, um, but I, I think they're really going to hit their stride here coming up. Um, so I, I feel like the Eagles are going to win this game for sure. Uh, ben, any games you wanted to talk about um, that you're really excited to watch? I mean, you guys mentioned the best ones, but I do think Texans-Falcons is not a bad game at all. Um, two, two, two sneaky teams, I guess. Obviously, we just talked about the Texans, but even the Falcons, they've, they've, they've been good at times. They've been terrible at times. Um, Desmond Ritter at home though has if you guys didn't know he has not lost a, a game starting at quarterback at home since high school so uh, it's always it's always interesting to watch him at when he plays a home game because he would for whatever reason always finds a way to win even though he's not that good uh, so we'll see I, I do think that's a that's a sneaky good game when you look at you look at it on paper and it's like ah that's kind of a gross game but I actually do think both those teams I think at times have shown a lot of a lot of potential and a lot of promise so I do think that's a, a game worth noting. Yeah, so Ben, I, I'm sorry I have to do this to you, but we, we, we do have to talk about it. The Bengals are now one in three. You talked about it last week. We, what do you need well, to talk about? You guys talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it again. again. I think have we to. Talk that was, about it again. That was before they lost. Yeah, they, they lost again, unfortunately. Titans. Um, oh, yeah, Brandon, unfortunately. Brandon, you just said you hope they lose every game, and now you're acting like it's an unfortunate thing I that they lost. I do hope they lose. Well, unfortunately you are for fake. you, Ben, you're, you're my you dear fake. friend. You're my dear friend, and <sighs> I, 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 for your sake, want them to to not suck. Uh, I don't want them to win, but I want them to not suck. And 27 to three versus the Titans is that's sucking. That's terrible. (laughs) That's really bad. Um, I, I am, I'm starting to get very concerned about the Bengals. I'm very concerned. If you look at, you know, let's really break down the Bengals, how they look burrow. I, from my perception was that, Hey, they're playing bad because burrow's calf is injured. No. And I think that, I think that is playing a big factor, but if you look at the stats, that's not the only factor. Their secondary ranks in the bottom third of the league. Um, they've allowed a lot of yards, a lot of yards. Their uh, offensive line has been atrocious mm-hmm. this year. Orlando Brown has been not good. I think they ranked 25th uh, by PFF the last time I looked. Um, so I think the Bengals' issues are they dig deeper, way deeper, uh, than simply just Joe Burrow being not great. Um, so I, I think that they have a lot to get on back, back on track to what I thought their aspirations were, which are Super Bowl aspirations. Um, Ben, I, I do, I want to give you the floor here again. I, I know you probably hate talking about this, but you are a resident Bengals fan. I, I think you'd agree they had Super Bowl aspirations going into the year. It, it seemed like a very plausible thing they could have done. What, what do you think this team's goal should be at this point? Uh, I think their goal should be take it one week at a time. Um, I don't. I don't think you ha- you can sit here and, and look at oh we have to have this kind of record to um, to to make the playoffs. I think the goal is to to take it. Well, sorry, I'm messing with my computer. My computer is being a disaster. I'm also don't want to talk about this. Um, I don't know. I, the, they're just not good. Like they're just. And, but, like, do you, I, you made a good point. You the question. No, I don't because I, I remember in. the question. I remember the question. No, keep it in. My computer's just annoying me. 
Um, they're they're no, fine. We're not keeping I mean, that in. Start it's over. It's fine. It's fine. Start whatever. Some what do you mean? It's fine. Some talk. Go ahead. All I'm right. just talking about the Bengals. They're 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 not good, and it's not just Joe Burrow. Like everybody's like, oh, it's because Joe Burrow is bad. No, their whole team's bad. Their secondary's been atrocious. Their defensive line, other than Trey Hendrickson, can't get any pressure on any quarterback. Um, their their receivers have not been great. T. Higgins has been awful, and now he's not playing this week, so that's an issue. Um, they're just they're just not good. They haven't played well. Their coaching has been a disaster, but their coaching is always typically pretty bad. It's just a matter of they ha- usually have talent that they can overcome that. But now the talent's not playing well, and the coaching is still bad, so that's becoming an issue. Lou Anarumo is supposed to be the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. He has not done great this year. Um, so they're just underachieving. I think it's just simple as that. They're just not playing as well as they're supposed to. They absolutely had Super Bowl aspirations. People, you know, Bengals fans and all these Bengals experts and people that cover the team are telling everyone that going into the season, this is the most talented team the organization has ever had, and they're 1-3, and three, and this happens every year. They start very slow, but this year it's different because – Last year they started slow, but they still played well at times. This year they're starting slow, and they just haven't haven't played well at all. Even their one win was not a good win. They looked their offense looked terrible at times. They were booed a bunch. Um, so it's it's just not good. It's 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 a it's a it's it's a rough time for for me right now. I'm trying not to let it affect my mood overall, but it's it's tough when yeah. I said this, Brennan, to someone the other day, and I I, I 100% mean it. And Trevor, I think you kind of agree with me on this. I hate when my team has high expectations. It's no fun because it's only disappointment except for one team. It is way more yep. fun when your team's not supposed to be good and they overachieve. I agree. So like the fact that the Bengals agree. had all this, these high aspirations and high expectations, all these things, and they're, they're, they're severely um, underachieving, it is miserable. Like I am, It is so not fun. But again, there's probably five or six teams going into this year that had Super Bowl aspirations. Only one of them is going to be happy at the end of the day. So um, I'm not having fun. I, I would much rather have... You know, have them be on. You know, um, you know. Uh, I guess under or not underachieving, but have them be um, underrated, and then all this, all these things. So I don't know. I'm at a loss for words. This isn't fun. I hate talking about this. It's. They're. I'm not even. I'll say this, and don't call me a fake Bengals fan, but like, I'm not even excited to watch them play today because they're just not a fun team to watch right now. They're not fun. They're painful to watch. It's like getting your teeth pulled. Like just trying to watch them put together a drive of more than like five plays and trying to get them to throw the ball more than ten yards down the field. It's just painful to watch. It's brutal. Honestly, it's it, it kind of Brent. It's probably what what uh what you felt like being a Michigan fan for like ten years. I mean, it's just it's hard to watch. There's no offense. It's 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 a disaster. <laughs> I don't why wait wait. Well, Michigan would win still. They just wouldn't beat Ohio State. But their offense was so bad for so long when they had like Shea Patterson at quarterback. No, I didn't feel that way at all. I don't know why 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 did I get picked on? <laughs> uh, Trevor, anything because your team's you really mention? good and it's annoying. That's why you got picked on. <clears throat> my my team's not really good. They have a long way. They're to very go. good. They're, you also they're just solid. said that they're one of the most. Last week on the podcast, you said they're one of the most talented teams in the NFL. They are. I would stand by that. But so they are. Very I don't good. know if they're. They are not healthy. Uh, so we'll see. Trevor, well, anything they're, else? They seem to be overachieving. In no, they're not overachieving. They haven't played great teams. Trevor, anything else you want to mention, Bengals wise? Other games you want to talk about uh, here for the NFL? Yeah, as far as the Bengals, you guys kind of talked about it, but they have, I guess their three biggest issues are number one, Joe Burrow's health. Number two, their offensive line sucks. And number three, their secondary's, you know, just been very uh, disappointing. And I, I was kind of worried about the secondary going in the season. I was also a little, like, on paper, it seemed like their offensive line improved a little bit, but I was certainly still worried about it because that's been their biggest issue the past couple seasons. And all three of those things are going very badly for them. 
Um, and now they're in a position where they're still dealing with this injury thing. And I know Joe Burrow, I think, in a press conference said that it's feeling better. But, you know, who knows? It could just be the typical media answer that, you know, that that's exactly what you would expect uh, a quarterback to give. But they're one in three. They just lost the Titans. It was a blowout loss. Now they go, they play Arizona today. Arizona, who I think, you know, I think they've looked better than expected. But in general, they're not a good team. So today is obviously a huge game because the Bengals do have a first place schedule. You look at if they lose today against the Cardinals, they would be one in four and they still have to go. These are just some of the toughest games they have after that. They have to go at San Fran in a couple weeks. They play Buffalo at home the week after that. Two weeks after that, they go at Baltimore. Two weeks after two weeks after that at Jacksonville. And then they play at the Chiefs later in the season. That is one, two, three four, five games that they might not be favored in. I mean, maybe the Bills at home, depending on how the next couple weeks go. But five really tough games they still have left. So if they lose to the Cardinals, they'll be one and four. They have five games. And I'm not even counting, like, they play the Seahawks at home, who's a good team. They play the Texans at home, who has been a good team. They play the Steelers twice. One of them's away. The divisional games can be weird. Um, they still play the Browns. Um, you know, the Vikings aren't that good, but... Uh, Nicole. So this is a very tough schedule. I think if the Bengals go one and four, I think that might be it. Like I'm, I'm still not ready at this moment to say it's over. And I know other people have gone on national media and they've said the Bengals are done. I'm not ready to say it right now, 1137 AM on Sunday, but if they lose to the Cardinals and the game's over in seven hours, I think then, uh, I think if they lose the Cardinals, I think then they'll be done. So you know, it it really stinks. I hope they can pull out a win today, um, but we'll see. This is kind of do or die for them. I, I really do believe that. Um, the other, the only other thing I want to talk about was the Cowboys Niners game, though. Um, unless you guys any had any other thoughts on what I just said, I I wanted just one last quick little sentence about the Bengals. They don't play a divisional game for like a month and a half, and that is probably the best news for them. Is no divisional games for a month and a half. Um, they have a, a long time. The divisional games are obviously the most important one, so they have quite a while here um, until they, they really... They play the Niners and the Bills, though. Yeah, but, I mean, I those are those are going to be tough games. I'm saying, like, in terms they're of not the division. Di- I mean, they're not winning their division anyway. The Ravens have a two-game lead on them. They they do, but, I mean, you yeah, never right, know. Yeah, you're right, Trevor. There's, that- no there's no way the Ravens <laughs> don't win this division. Just no okay. way. No way I, they don't win this <laughs> The Ravens are going to win the division. You're right. It's already, it's, just, yeah, they're already, going to. it's already locked up. Already locked up. Put and, in and the Ravens games. and the Ravens are getting healthier. They are. Today they're especially healthier. they're getting really healthy. It's things are looking <laughs> up, but but let's, let's not do any of that. Uh, let's not do any of that at all. Let's talk about the Cowboys and Niners. Um, I I'm really excited about this game, Trevor. I'm really really excited because I think the Cowboys are in the same tier as the uh, as the Bills, where they are a really good team that is not a great team that doesn't quite have the ability to compete in the same sense as a, as the Chiefs as an Eagles, as a Niners. And I think this is going to be the game we're going to see the Niners win by a, a, a semi... I'm not going to say they're going to kill them, but they, I could see like a 10-point win here um, against this Cowboys team. The Niners are also the most healthy team in the NFL, um, which is a big contributor um, to your success, especially at the end of the season. So if they continue that health reign, they, they have a real shot at winning the Super Bowl here. A very good one, if not the best shot. So this game, to me, I think on paper, it's like, oh, this game looks like it's going to be really good. Um, I don't think it'll be that close i think 10 point win for the niners interesting 10 points kind of close you know two possessions pretty, isn't pretty close it's it's i wouldn't say it's close it's not like a, a, a demolishing but it's it's a good win that's a healthy win yeah um so i 
so the, the Cowboys, I mean, the, the 49ers have kind of been their kryptonite for the past few years. Um, they always, you know, they look really good. They've had good seasons. The Cowboys have been really good the past couple of years. They're really good right now. But they were in the 49ers and they, they can't get pe- over the hump. They can't beat the 49ers. And so this, you know, it's a regular season game. It's it's Sunday night football. You know, we have Carrie Underwood, obviously. It's it's a bit it's a big game. It's on NBC. Chris Collins, where it's gonna be in the booth. It's it's big. Can the Cowboys beat the Niners? This is at San Francisco. Can they do it? Can can Dak Prescott go without throwing an interception tonight? Can can he? Can he just mistake free football? Can they pull it together? You know, can they beat the Niners? I don't know. I really want to say the Cowboys are going to win this game, but I I just can't quite get there. I think it'll be a very close game, very competitive. But, you know, uh, the question of will Dak throw an interception? Um, Almost certainly. He almost certainly will. And it almost certainly will be in a critical moment. Um, And maybe it'll blow the game. Who knows? But I I do think the Niners are going to win. I think it's going to be very close. The Niners right now are the best team in the NFL. I I truly believe that. Um, They've looked like it on paper. Uh, Both sides of the ball, their defense is fantastic. Their offense looks really good as well. Christian McCaffrey, he's having an incredible season, and yet he's still like 12th in MVP odds, even though he's been incredible just because he's not a quarterback. Um, Brock Purdy actually I think has better MVP odds than Christian McCaffrey does simply because he's the quarterback and Brock Purdy's looked really good. He's looked but amazing. He doesn't, I, I don't think he deserves to necessarily be in the MVP mix, but he yeah. has played very well. So yeah, I expect the Niners to win in a very close game. They're the most well-rounded team, uh, arguably most talented. They have a great coach. So I do think San Francisco will pull out a close win. Yep. Ben, final thoughts on uh, the NFL games, Cowboys, Niners, anything you want to talk about before we get to our NFL tribal council? Yeah, Cowboys Niners. Um, clearly, I think the best game of the year so far, at least it's supposed to be. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it should be a great game. And I'm excited to watch watch Micah Parsons go against a very good offensive line that the 49ers have. I'm excited to watch Brock Purdy. He's been fantastic this year. Absolutely amazing. Um, he looks like a really, really good quarterback. That offense obviously helps him a lot because that offense is super creative. And Kyle Shanahan does a fantastic job. But Brock Purdy's been awesome. The, the use of his feet and the use of his different arm slots and his athleticism has been fantastic and super fun to watch. 49ers are absolutely the best team in the NFL right now, and I think they're the most fun team to watch, in my yeah. opinion. They are so fun to watch. As someone who has no allegiance to any any teams associated with them, I, I think it's really fun to watch them. I, I enjoy rooting for them. I really do. Um, I'm, I'm excited to watch watch them take down America's team tonight. It should be a great game. They're not playing the Patriots, Ben. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're right. That, right. Was a, that was a Freudian slip on my bet. My my uh, yeah, my Trevor. Yeah, yeah. Oops. All right, All right. You. let's get to our NFL Tribal Council. And as I was looking at the 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 standings, trying to figure out who I wanted to to evict here to to get rid of the torch, um, I thought this was an easy answer. I'm like, I have hey, a, I have gotta... a take. You have a take? Well, I have what? I have a team that's not the easy answer, but I think we probably all have the same team then. Well, so that was kind of what I was getting at here. I was like, I feel like there's an easy answer. There's a team that is has not won a game and doesn't yeah. look good. The only team, but it, it, I I don't think I'm I want to pick them. I don't think I don't that's either. the team I want to pick. There's another team I want to pick. So so I have a team. Do you guys want me to you guys want me to say my team first? Is that I think it, we, we, I bet we all three have the same team. I I think Let's we say it on three. All right, ready? All right. 1 yeah. 2 3 Broncos. Broncos. Giants. Oh. You said oh. Giants? The Giants, yeah. <laughs> They have the same the record Giant? as the Broncos. They're in a tougher division. They're in the AFC or the NFC East, which is insane. I think the Cowboys, the, the Commanders, also... and the, the Eagles. 
So here's here's the thing though, Ben. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight you on this a little bit. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna I, I want to get you convinced on the Broncos train because I I want you to look at this in the AFC. What is their chances of getting a wild card spot like the the Broncos? Because neither one's Broncos? gonna win their division. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, don't it's know. it's gotta be zero, right? It's well, you have zero. you have four teams in the AFC South that could all make the playoffs. So I don't know that that makes it tough. Um, I don't know. I mean, they're they're not going to make I mean, the playoffs. At, of course not. Who they play you today? Look at, you they look at today. the NFC. They play the Jets today. Okay, you so they could win NFC. today. The Giants are not going to win today. That's my argument. So you look at the <laughs> you. Let's look at both these teams. The one big thing: the Giants haven't had Barkley for three weeks, and they've lost all the games without Barkley. Barkley comes back; they're a much better team. Second thing is the NFC is just terrible. They like very conceivably could sneak into a wild card spot if they win some games. They're not going to win their division. I mean that's obvious. But I mean, who who are going to be the three wild card teams? Look at look, D- Dallas or Philly, they'll both make it. San Francisco will make it. Seattle will probably make it. But who is that third wild card team? Green Bay, Atlanta, New Orleans, Minnesota. I don't know. The I feel Rams. like the Giants could conceivably sneak into a a, a playoff spot. Where in the AFC, they got to get by. I mean, like the Dolphins, uh, the, the the Browns, um, you know, a team like the Colts, the Chargers, um, and they're they're not going to get by any of those teams. So for me, I think I think the answer is Denver. I really do. But the Giants aren't bad. The more I look at it, they're not. They've only scored forty six points this year. That's that is league worst. I think that yeah, is league worst. And by a lot, they have the biggest point differential. They're they've been terrible. They've been blown out a bunch. Did I did I convince you? Or are you going to hold strong? I mean, I'm going to hold strong, but at this point, let's just do the Panthers then, because the Panthers are also going to lose today, so they're going to be 0-5. <laughs> so that'd be the, easy. The Panthers are bad. The but the Giants are, are also going to lose. The Giants Panthers are going to lose today. Panthers playing a bad division. That's, the, that's The Broncos could very well win today. They could. So the Broncos, there was a report. Here's another reason I picked this. This is the most, the, probably the biggest reason to put them on the top. There's a report mm-hmm. today that any defensive player on their team, including Patrick Sertain, the best cornerback in the league, they, they would accept like trade offers for. Yeah. So they seem like they are quitting. They seem like they are quitting. Yeah. So the Broncos have the worst defense in the NFL, in my opinion. I think the Giants probably might have the worst offense in the NFL. Um, The Panthers, yes, they're 0-4, but I think their division is just so bad. Um, I'm I'm not quite ready on the Panthers, even though they are winless. I think between the Broncos and Giants, I think there's good arguments for both. I think ultimately the fact that I was higher was high on the Giants preseason is still why I'm holding out a little bit of hope it's not much at all believe me it's not much hope um but I still think Daniel Jones is like a decent quarterback and I still think you know they're really well coached even if uh their talent kind of stinks um so Eileen Broncos I just think they're they're such a disaster I think the organization is so dysfunctional at least the Giants like have some good coaches I don't know the Broncos just seem so dysfunctional. That's why I went them. Okay, I, I, I have been. We can do the Broncos. That's fine. I'm not. I'm not going to hold strong the Giants because worst case scenario. I mean, we can do the Broncos today, and then we have the next two weeks after that played out because we can week. do the Giants, Panthers, Broncos all in the next three weeks. Because I do think all three of them are going to lose probably two out of the next three games. Um, uh, so Carolina Panthers might pull that upset today against the Lions. They might. Not in that would be an astonishing feat. That would be an astonishing um, feat. So that's fine. If, we, if, Lions, if you guys say- are that. I will say the Lions, they don't have Jameer Gibbs, and they don't have Amon Ross St. Brown. So those are big losses for today. Then let's do the Broncos. I'm okay with the Broncos. I have been convinced. 
Broncos, you have been, I don't know what they say. On, your, t- on, your torch has been snuffed. Yeah, your torch has been <laughs> is that what they sna- Is that what they say? <laughs> they don't say that, right? Well, that's not, what, that's what it, that's like the phrase. A, it's not what he what says. What a Mickey Mouse, what a Mickey Mouse show like, that is. Um, Good Lord. Oh, what is Your torch has say? been snuffed. Your, your that's tribe so is spoken. Yeah, your tribe is spoken. Your that's cool. Spoken. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool that thing to say. Cool. Okay, that's fine. Let's see the Broncos. They are gone. All right, Broncos are gone. Okay, well, I think we'll wrap up the pod there for today. Um, thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. Um, as always, go check out our website, thesmallballers.com, so you can stay up to date with all of our content that goes live. So uh, follow us on Twitter at thesmallballer, um, and subscribe, leave five-star review if you enjoyed today. But with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you guys next time. Go Falcons!